Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So did any of you bring me 12 drummers drumming today? You didn't? Why? I don't have any true loves here or what? That's okay. I didn't get you anything either. I mean, how are we going to transfer gifts to each other? I'm not really with you anyway, so... Why do I ask, did you bring me 12 drummers drumming? Well, yesterday, Saturday, was the 12th day of Christmas. You know about the 12 days of Christmas, right? It's, it's not the 12 days leading up to Christmas. It's actually part of the church year. The church year celebrates Christmas for 12 days, starting on Christmas Day. And, and, then, and then that brings us to today, which is the day of Epiphany. Now, Epiphany is the day in the church year where we remember that Jesus came into the world for all people, not just Jews, but all people Jesus came for. So the readings on this day for Epiphany are are always about the visit of the Magi, or more commonly called wise men, who came to visit Jesus. Because they were not Jewish people, yet it was revealed to them who this baby boy was and that they ought to go and worship him. Now, not to burst your childhood memories of Christmas pageants or your nativity scene bubble. I don't, I don't mean to ruin everything for you, but if you didn't know, most likely the visit of the Magi didn't happen at the point of Jesus' birth. Likely it was about a year to two years later. Now, we don't know a whole lot about these Magi guys. This, the guys, this is the only place that they show up. But we do know that they would have been incredibly knowledgeable about many different, uh, many different things, including the stars. And so this one day, as they're looking up into the heavens, they notice a star that they don't necessarily recognize, yet they know that it bears some significance. So they follow the star, and it brings them to Jerusalem. When they get to Jerusalem, they go visit Herod, the king, the king at that time, and they tell him that this star has led them to find the boy who was born king of the Jews. Now, obviously, King Herod doesn't like this idea. He's the king of the Jews, so he's threatened by this, but he doesn't let them know. Instead, he says, Ah, yes, I know of this biblical prophecy about a star leading for the Christ or leading towards the Christ child. And so he, he summoned his wise men, the biblical scholars, and said, where is the Christ child to be born? They said, in Bethlehem. So uh, Herod sent the wise men off and said, when you find the Christ child, let me know where he is so that I too can worship him. We know, though, that this is just a ruse, that he didn't want to actually worship the child. But the Magi are sent off, and they go and find the Christ child. And bringing with them, they, they bring together some gifts as well. They bring gold, signifying royalty. They bring frankincense, symbolizing divinity. And they bring myrrh, which is a spice used to anoint bodies before burial. Those magi, they knew that there was something special about this boy, worthy enough to bring worship. 
And God certainly wanted these magi to know that there was something special about this boy as he came to them in a dream and said to them, don't go back to Herod. Instead, go home a different way. And so that's exactly what they did. And they left Herod in the dark. The day of Epiphany is here to remind us that God came into this world in the person of Jesus for all people. All people, not just Jews, for all people as evidenced here by the visit of the Magi who were not Jews. This is how God revealed himself to the world in the person of Jesus Christ. Epiphany is, is a word that means manifestation or, or like, like eye-opening, um, revelatory. If you have a sudden understanding about something that you didn't have before, all of a sudden you might say, oh, I've had an epiphany. The word here is used by, by the church to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and the coming of God in the flesh for all people. The God of the universe stepped into human form for us. And this is what we focus on today. Sometimes I, I get lost in my mind trying to fathom the vastness of this world this universe, this cosmos. Uh, I, get, I get lost trying to fathom then the God who is over and above all of it. It's so hard to imagine from a human perspective, so hard to, to know it all. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity in my life to travel overseas to a number of different countries. I've seen all kinds of people, all kinds of places, all sorts of landscapes, and yet I still have not been to every place. I'm, I'm still learning new things and about, about countries I've never heard of and languages that I've never heard of. The world is huge in which we live. Technology has given us some incredible advancements to get to know this world. I mean, just think of it. I'm not with you right now. I am at an undisclosed location in which I cannot be found. It's not that exciting. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't worry. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, we can do things like this where we come together through, through technology. But the world is vast. The world is vast. The cosmos is vast. And then just imagine the God who is above all of it. I get lost trying to, trying to comprehend God. I, I put him in terms that I think I can understand, yet it doesn't come close to who he is. I can't fathom his power. It, it, eventually, when we think about God or the, or the vastness of God or the world, eventually we just hit a wall where we go, I don't, I don't know. I don't know any more than this. This is a big, big world, and God is a big, big God. My son, Max, right now, um, he's really into outer space and, and, and learning about it. And so this Christmas, we bought him a variety of space things. He's got a, a puzzle and a, and a book and, and all sorts of stuff. And as I've been looking at these things, I sit there with him just in, in awe and I find myself wanting to remind him of our big, big God, who is so much bigger than the vastness of even the cosmos. There is a book that was written called Too Big to Know by a guy named David Weinberger. He's done a bunch of research, and 
the research is kind of common sense if you think about it, but, but he's done the research and, and basically, you know, he's saying with all the interconnections between people and the accessibility of information anytime, anywhere, whenever I want it, that this world is just too big to know. He's basically proven the point that I, in my life, I could not ever know everything that there is to know just about this world. The world is too big. This is a big, big world. I, I think we've made that point. And there is a big, big God who rules over it all. God is present everywhere. Fathom that. God is present everywhere. We say in theological terms that God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. But is that all? Is God just generically out there somewhere that we need to go find? You know, there are many people who have this sort of mentality about God, that he is just out there, that God's out there, and, and it's our responsibility to go and find him and, and to commune with him in places that are pure, like, like in nature. Now, this is not necessarily untrue. God certainly is there, wherever there is. We do believe it. But is that enough? Is it simply enough to get to know this generic God who is out there? And can you know everything that there is to know about God by just going to search him and find him? The answer is no, and this is what Epiphany teaches us. Epiphany teaches us that God, who is too big to know, made himself human, relatable, so that we can know him. So that we can know him. If you try to look at the sun, if you look up at the sun, can you see it in all of its detail with your own eyes? No, the glory of the sun is too much for your eyes to handle. It'll make you go blind if you stare at it, right? Or, or it's just blurred out so much that you can't even, you just can't handle its glory. But if you wear some sort of filter or look through some sort of filter, you actually can look at the sun and see the sunspots and the flames shooting and yet, even with that, you still can't ever get close enough to touch the sun. You still can't handle its glory, but you can see it in a certain way through that filter. So it is with God. We just cannot handle God in all of his glory. And the, and the scriptures tell of this in, in a variety of different places that we're not going to necessarily get into today. But we cannot handle him in all of his glory. He's too much for us. That's why God came into the world for us. Yes, he came for us to save us from our sins, but he did it in such a way that we can understand. That's why he came into human flesh, because we understand humanity. We're human. We understand what it is Jesus we did. We, we, we get him. We, we can fathom birth. We understand life. We know death all too well. And frankly, even though we've never seen it, in some ways, I guess we can even rationally understand what resurrection from the dead looks like. It's life re-entering body, right? 
This is what Epiphany is all about. It's the reminder to us that the God who is available everywhere and is far and above anything we could ever imagine, the God who's absolutely powerful, this God who, who can comprehend the world that's too big to know, and not only can he comprehend it, he created it out of nothing, that God, that one in all of his vastness is the one who came and took on human flesh for you and for me. And everything that God wants you to know, everything you can handle to know about him, you can learn about by looking to Jesus. God's not just some distant spiritual being that you need to go commune with. No, God is a God who came to commune with you. God came to commune with you and with me. See, if, if, if it were not for Jesus, we would get lost and feel insignificant in trying to find our place in this vast world with a vast God. When we get that into that place, oftentimes we feel small, insignificant, purposeless. But the reality of the epiphany is that God revealed himself to you. He's shown you who he is in Jesus Christ. And when we see Jesus for who he is in his life, death, and resurrection, in his presence with us at all times, that brings to us a peace like no other, a hope like no other a joy like no other, a life like no other, because we know that we have value and we have purpose because God came for us in Jesus. So on this Epiphany Day, here's what I want you to hear. Plain and simple, you, you matter to God. Your life is not just small and insignificant or a blip on the screen you have tremendous value. So much so that God created you. You're not an accident. He knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He knows you in your brokenness and in your frailty. He knows you in your fear and in your worry, and yet he loves you all the same. This is God who came for you in the person of Jesus Christ. And so as we enter again today back into this big, big world, know this. God goes with you and he comes after you. He goes before you. Your God rules over all these things and he's given them to you as a gift. If you want to know who God is, simply look to Jesus Read about him in the scriptures and you will see everything that he has for you. This is what Epiphany is all about. Jesus came for you. You are loved. You matter. Go in his grace and in his peace. I'll see you next week in Jesus' name. Amen.